This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. As most parents teach their children, it's what's on the inside that counts. But it turns out, what's true on the playground is also true in the skeletal system, as the interior of bones is the essential part. For example, the bone marrow produces new blood cells, including the white kind, which help people fight disease. Today, we'll talk about bone marrow transplant nurses and why their work is so critical. Hey everyone, I'm Eliza Joy. And I'm Ryan Larson. Together, we will explore nursing careers and professional insights. With exclusive interviews for nurses working jobs that you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. Like other nurses, a bone marrow transplant nurse works on the front lines of healthcare. They do typical nursing duties like informing and educating patients, administering medications, and helping patients with everyday tasks. However, bone marrow transplant nurses are specialized oncology nurses who work in hospitals alongside a support team, assisting patients whose bone marrow has been damaged by diseases such as leukemia, anemia, and Hodgkin's disease. That's only the beginning. Let's get started to learn more. On today's episode of the College Handoff, we have Carly Glue, who works in bone marrow transplant and chemotology at Huntsman Cancer Institute. Um, Carly, welcome to our show. Thank you. Um, so just to start off, I want to talk about bone marrow transplants in general. So what diseases are bone marrow transplants used to treat? So bone marrow transplants are primarily used to treat hematological cancer disorders, meaning leukemias, lymphomas, and multiple myelomas. Um, we also use bone marrow transplants to treat what we call benign hematological disorders, meaning blood disorders that are not associated with cancer, such as aplastic anemias and amyloidosis um, being two of the primary ones. And then on occasion, we do use bone marrow transplants to treat solid organ tumors as well. How do bone marrow transplants work? I don't understand how that works at all. So they actually, the entire transplant process revolves around the stem cell, the hemopoietic stem cell being the blood cells within our bone marrow that divide and create all of the blood cells in our body, the white blood cells, the red blood cells, and the platelets. In essence, what we do during a bone marrow transplant is that we decide that the that the immune system itself has not been effective at preventing cancer from occurring or at functioning in the correct way in the case of a benign hematological disorder. So what essentially we do is give incredibly, incredibly high doses of chemotherapy to the patient initially, which kills off all of their stem cells and their stem cell lineage because chemotherapy kills all rapidly dividing cells, which is why you lose your hair, why you get the um, really common symptoms of nausea and vomiting because it destroys all the cells in your GI tract as well, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and it also destroys all your stem cells. So what we basically do is we give high doses of chemotherapy that wipe out the stem cell lineage, and then we find a donor 
that is either matched to you or on occasion people donate to themselves if it's the correct type of cancer and the type of cancer will allow for that. And we take your cells or someone else's cells, we harvest them through a process that's very similar to platelet donation. And then we actually put them in a little IV bag and give them back to the patient. Um, I'm just kind of curious, but is bone marrow transplants, are they something that um, people look into right away? Is it kind of like um, the first line of defense in fighting a disease? Like, um, where does that lie, I guess? So fortunately, um, the process of bone marrow transplant has been very well mapped out through research, particularly at Huntsman Cancer Institute being the largest genetic research institute in the world. Um, we have many genetic markers that come up when we initially diagnose someone with cancer. So right off the bat, we essentially know because of their genetic markers that show up in addition to the cancer, whether or not they're going to need a bone marrow transplant or not. Oh, wow. um, some people have very, very positive prognostic markers, and that generally means that they can go ahead and do chemo and see how they respond without immediately rushing into a transplant. Other patients are immediately diagnosed with very, very poor prognostic indicators, and we know right off the bat from those diagnoses that they will need a bone marrow transplant, and so the search for a donor can begin right away. That's amazing. Um, so what does, what does a day um, working in bone marrow transplants and hematology look like? What does a day as that kind of nurse look like for you? Our unit is actually considered a step-down unit instead of being considered a um, med surge unit by definition. So we have a three-to-one ratio because our patients tend to get very sick very fast, as you gotcha. can imagine, with no immune system to help them. They have a lot of symptoms of um, chemotherapy toxicity, and they also have a lot of symptoms of an infectious process going on. So most of the time for a bone marrow transplant nurse, the day will start out with a very intensive report, um, despite the fact that we only have three patients. Report normally takes us that full hour that we're allotted. Yeah. We go ahead and we review um, a lot of nursing on bone marrow transplant is also very nurse driven, kind of like it is in the ICUs. So we go ahead and review all their labs, all their meds, make sure that everything looks good. 9 a.m. we do med paths. We tend to do a ton of IV stuff, a ton of blood, a ton of platelets. As a matter of fact, I think that bone marrow transplant and hematology, our unit alone, is the number one consumer of blood products for AREP. So if you donate blood or platelets, they're probably coming to us. Oh, wow. <laughs> we um, hang a lot of blood. We do a lot of antibiotics. And really, we just, we educate a ton. Yeah. So it's very, it's a very neat unit because it's much... It's much more specialized, I think, than some other units are. So you get really a, a whole vast array of things coming at you. You're constantly learning. You're constantly um, in talks with the doctors. You develop a really good re working relationship with your coworkers and also with your um, with the providers on the unit. And it's a really, it's a really fun and intense place to work. <laughs> just for you but um nursing is such a broad field how do you how did you choose your niche and kind of what led you to work in bone marrow transplant and hematology 
So this was actually an experience that I had through BYU's nursing school. Um, as an alumni, I was in my very first med surge semester in one of my first clinical rotations in the hospital. And I had an experience where I was actually, one of my um, fellow students was with a nurse that had a rapid response called on a patient. And the patient was, I think, in his late 20s, um, male with brain cancer. And my friend and I um, really were completely useless in the situation of an emergent response. But his sister happened to show up with her three kids at the time that they were running this emergency response and trying to get this person to the ICU. And so my friend and I that were there volunteered to watch this woman's kids so that she could go into the room and kind of stand next to the wife and kind of be a part of what was going on. And we watched her kids for her. And when she came back out, um, she said, thank you so much for letting me have that moment with my brother. And that was kind of a turning point in my <laughs> personal career, I knew from that day on that I really wanted to be in an oncology setting. I really wanted to be where I felt like I could make a difference, despite how little or how much I knew. And yeah. I have been in oncology ever since. <laughs> um, so what, what would you say is the most exciting part of your job? The most exciting part of working in bone marrow transplant and hematology is definitely that you come into something new every day. You never know when your patients are going to spike that first fever. You never know when your patients are going to need more intensive care, when they're going to need less intensive care. And you never know when they're going to just need a listening ear to be there. A lot of what we do is initial diagnosis work with our patients. And that's probably the part that I love the most is being able to be a friend to them in a time of need or comfort to my patients in a time of need or being able to just tell my patients that it's okay if they want to cry. It's okay if they want to be upset that they've been diagnosed with cancer, that we're there for them and that we do this a lot and that they're in good hands. Because sometimes that's, it's the first time that the patient has heard that being newly diagnosed. Um, there's kind of a rush of information that comes at people when you're newly diagnosed with cancer. And I really, really enjoy being able to kind of take time out of my day to help people feel more comfortable with what, with the life-changing event that's just happened to them. Um, what would you say is the most difficult part of your job? The most difficult part is probably the fact that because of the nature of the job, because we do work in an oncology setting, because we do work in bone marrow transplant, where our patients have to be inpatient with us from the time they're diagnosed, many, many admissions all the way up until they've completed their treatment, we get to know them quite well and we get to know their families quite well. And there are people that come in that are my age or younger that have been diagnosed with these really earth-shattering things. And um, it can be quite difficult to cope with the emotions involved in seeing someone your own age pass away from cancer. That's probably the hardest thing I'd say. <laughs> what have you learned about the healer's art um, throughout your career as a nurse? I think that the healer's art is more omnipresent than we realize. And I think that you can not 
really understand the impact that you have on someone until long after you've taken care of them. Um, there have been multiple times when patients have come back and tried to thank me and my coworkers, and we really vaguely remember them, but we had no idea that the you know, the five seconds that we took to grab them an extra blanket or to get them that extra pudding or to just sit with them and say, I'm sorry, I know that this is really hard and that this really, really sucks for you right now, made an enormous impact <clears throat> in their lives. And I think that the healer's art is so much more subtle than we think it is. It's very rarely in the big grand gestures and very frequently in the small things that we do as nurses to help our patients. Um, so yeah, if a, if a, if a BYU student wanted to work for, um, the Huntsman Cancer Institute, do you have any like tips for, um, applying? So I want to say that right now is actually a really, really good time to be a nurse. Everybody is hiring. Everybody is really looking for those people who want to, um, be standout nurses and be part of a good team. You do apply for the, through the University of Utah's HR department Oh wow! is where you apply. So all jobs will be per posted through the University of Utah because we are part of their healthcare system. And then HR will go ahead and give the prospective nurse a call. We do love it. If you happen to have connections or friends or you've been a student at Huntsman or you've networked at Huntsman at all, reach out to those people that you know and have them put a little bug in their manager's ear because quite often we can reach out to the HR department. It's a really good time to be a student trying to get a job, though. If we have nursing students listening who are interested in working in oncology, um, what are some of the best ways that they can prepare? <clears throat> so we... At Huntsman Cancer Institute, they are very, very... I mean, not to... Put in yet another spot for <laughs> Huntsman, but we really do work in an environment where people are very proud of their jobs and they want to learn and they want to be better. Administration really goes out of their way to support nurses at Huntsman. Um, the U system has recently made several changes in pay grade to um, better reflect the necessity of particularly inpatient nurses, which has been wonderful to see. They've made huge improvements in overtime perks and in bonuses. And the best way to really prepare if someone wants to work in oncology or at Huntsman specifically is to be a good student. When you're on those med surge floors and when you're working with people, you know, go out of your way to ask what you can do to help. Go out of your way to ask what you can see and what you can gain experience in because we love people like that. We love people who want to learn and who are excited about nursing and who want to make a difference in the world. And we really look for that in the students that we hire and in the students that we precept. And um, we absolutely love BYU students. <laughs> well, thank you, Carly, so much for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. The College of Nursing at Brigham Young University has over 250 clinical partners and sites where undergraduate and graduate students receive hands-on experiences. We thank each location that assists students with clinical training, capstone projects, and preceptor mentoring. 
Well, today with us, we have Tamara Ecker. She is here to talk about the American Association of the, or the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. That's right. Well, Tamara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. We're really excited to talk about our local chapter. Yeah, well, maybe you can start by talking a little bit about what that local chapter does. If I'm a nursing student, undergrad, just starting in the BYU College of Nursing, I've never heard of you guys before. What should I know about what you guys do? Well, our local chapter is a Wasatch Front chapter. That national organization was started um, 51 years ago to support, celebrate, honor, help train and educate critical care nurses who take care of the sickest of the sick. We started our chapter April of 2020, which is not a great time to start a chapter in the middle of a pandemic. So if uh, four or five of us got together and realized that we needed to support not only critical care nurses, but acute care nurses and all nurses along the Wasatch Front uh, in training in networking and mentoring Um, education, and a feeling of community. And then as the pandemic progressed, we're finding more and more that our nurses need support. They need that appreciation and they need those avenues to network with people and to feel supported and celebrated for all that they do. That's a great answer. I like that. Um, all of a sudden, we're, we're getting a local chapter, and it sounds like this is a really important organization that's all very valuable work, especially with the pandemic. Um, what was the motivation of creating a local chapter? Was, it, was there something that just like a national organization couldn't do that the local chapter could do instead? Or We were really finding that locally we didn't have that place that we could come together uh, whether you're University of Utah, your IHC, your you know whichever hospital you were at, that you really didn't have any companionship or community beyond your hospital or beyond your unit. And there's so much expertise that goes on in the Wasatch Front that part of what we wanted to do was celebrate that and help these nurses recognize that what they're doing is so important and so impactful and powerful. But we also wanted to have a place along the Wasatch Front, so Utah County, Salt Lake County, um, clear up to Brigham City. We want to be able to um, meet either, well, we're doing most of that virtually right now. Mm -hmm. Um, We have just had an event uh, where we had a 5K, 1K, where we got to be in person, but we've had other events where we're supporting nurses and that grassroots effort is hugely important as we really celebrate what nurses do locally for our communities. Yeah, that's amazing. I like that um, there's a there's a focus on the local community. I think that's something that's really powerful. And I imagine, especially with how hard and heavy the pandemic and kind of the drudgery of dealing with that can be, it's a way to kind of let loose and connect to other people that are, that are like-minded individuals and nurses as well. Tell me a little bit more about what this chapter might do for a student. It sounds like there's some obviously really great benefits for people that are already in the nursing program. What about students that are pursuing a career field in that direction? One of the things and one of the huge things about the American Association of Critical Care Nurses is the amount of education that they can give. 
if you're not a member of the association, there are things that you can access on their website. And as a nurse educator myself, I've used those things to help my students. If you are a student and decide to join the organization, it's a, a lot less money. Um, and if you have any aspirations at all at being a critical care nurse, or if you are thinking of acute care on a med surge floor, there's so much education there that would support your learning and support your practice. So there are great things that AACN is doing for students. And locally, we have a lot of events that we're hoping can also support students. So um, to be a member of the AACN and then come be a member of our local unit, there's volunteer opportunities. If you want to help support our events, if you want to help plan events, if you want to be in that process, it's really a great experience in getting into that. But you also get to network. You get to have mentors who are highly successful and highly impactful critical care nurses. And that is hugely valuable to a student. Um, and being a part of a professional organization as a student, that's something that I discuss with my students and with my uh, co-workers at the bedside is that there's a huge amount that being part of that national organization coming together with your voice and sharing that voice with others that can then um, influence policy, that can influence um, patient safety and even staff safety. So there's so many opportunities locally and nationally for students, and I would really highly recommend that students get involved with our chapter and with the national organization. Yeah, that sounds like almost the red carpet to getting your first job out of, out of an undergrad education. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> or at the very least, it's a really good resume builder. I think that's Yes, awesome. it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And if I'm a student, um, how can I find out more about signing up for this organization and specifically the local chapter? So we have a website on the Wasatch Front chapter. It's uh, WFCAACN. Dot com, And there's so much on our website. You can absolutely look at that. You can go to the national organization, which is aacn.org. And if you look at chapters, it will give you a link to email the Wasatch Front chapter. And I and Matt will get that email and we'll respond to you and tell you everything you would want to know and more about our <laughs> chapter. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. Here at BYU, you have two of your professors here at the College of Nursing, Matt Anderson and Jeanette Drake, who are members of our board. And I'm sure they would be more than happy to discuss with any students who are interested. And then, um, Tamara, I also want to ask you about some of the events that you guys have been putting on recently. And I think you mentioned a 5K in particular. Do you happen to have someone here with us that we can talk to as well about that 5K? I happen to have the event organizer and um, host. So Kirsten Schmutz is an alumni of BYU Nursing Program and is now faculty at the University of Utah College of Nursing. So she can tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk thank to you Kirsten. Thank you so much then. for having no, me. No, thank you, Tamara. Take care.
Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us and telling us a little bit more about this great organization that you're a part of. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. So Tamara, is she your boss technically? Is that where she lives in the hierarchy? <laughs> so Tamara is the president okay. um, of the local chapter. So she will be president until July of 2022. Mm. And then Matt Anderson will be taking over. He's president-elect. All right. And currently I am the secretary okay. for the organization. Oh, that's great. A lot of our listeners, the majority of them are undergrad students. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think would incentivize you looking back to join an organization like the one you're part of now if you were an undergrad student? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that helps you when you're getting your foot in the door, especially in critical care, is who you know. And particularly with the Wasatch Front chapter, we are located in several different hospitals um, throughout the Wasatch Front area. And so finding people that you can talk to, that you can um, talk about who the managers are, how would be the best way for me to get into this unit I want to work in after I graduate. That's really one of the best opportunities um, is I wish I had networked more <laughs> when I was first um, graduating from, from BYU and uh, being a part of um, local organizations and local chapters of um, like the American Association of Critical Care Nurses is a really good opportunity to network um, so that you can get your foot in the door um, after, after you graduate. Yeah, I think that's something that most students are trying to work on at least a little bit. So mm -hmm. that, that's great that I guess if you weren't able to do it then, at least you're doing it now. And it yes. sounds like you're a big advocate for it, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us and Tamara as well. This has been great to talk to you guys both and tell us a little bit, bit more about your guys' organization. But before we leave, though, are there any other um, comments or things that you think students should know about that you guys do? I think one of the things that, that we really do is, like Tamara mentioned, we have a lot of educational opportunities. And I mean, as a student, you are learning so much and you learn so much about so many different areas. and Take it all in. Take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way because you never know when you'll need to pull it out of your back pocket. And um, whether it's the American Association of Critical Care Nurses or um, an oncology association, um, being a part of, a part of the, the local chapter and the organization will help you gain knowledge and education that will help you so much in whatever area of nursing you go into. Yeah, well, well said. I think that's a great organization for all of our students to consider joining. But well, thank you guys so much. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. I really enjoyed being able to sit down and talk to Carly. Um, I loved how she talked about how there's a really good ratio of nurses to patients in bone marrow transplant and hematology just because these patients need such specialized care and how she's able to develop really close relationships. Yeah, that's a really important topic that we're hearing more and more about um, in the media and in the news with um, ICU beds and COVID cases. It, they talk a lot about the importance of having a good ratio of patient to nurse. And so it's cool to see that even in these bone marrow clinics, they're really making an effort to maintain a healthy balance of patients and nurses that that way these nurses can have good, positive uh, relationships with their patients and that are productive. Well, that's all we have for you guys this week. Don't forget to tune in next week. That's right. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can download episodes to listen on the go. See you next week. Bye.